0: Welcome to the Fire church podcast today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are.
1: Wow you guys can be seated Thank you oh, a big thank you um, to having me here A big thank you for um, to Pastor Alex and Jess I am so honored um, to be here and to be with you guys and to just be able to You know what? I feel like I have received more than I've given already. So um, worship was just absolutely stunning. Thank you so much. I mean, I don't know how you preach after that. I could just sing I exalt you like all morning and I'd be super happy. Um, That's just so beautiful. And when I was sitting there, (laughs) Jesus said, I have a surprise for you. And you guys sung my favorite song. And it's Jesus, Jesus, your name is like honey on my lips. That's my favourite, favourite song. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Was that planned to sing that this morning? Oh, so cool. How kind is he? How kind is he? I just also, um, while I'm up here, just want to also honour my family back home. My husband who's holding down the fort for us our kids do start school this week max lennox and luna hello they're watching on tv at home so i have to say hi to them i have three beautiful children um and yeah just so honored to be here but um why don't we just pray hey (sighs) thank you jesus thank you jesus we just honor you lord we worship you we worship you we worship you we exalt your name you are far above you are far above anything and everything God this is a house that glorifies the name of Jesus he is just so adored in this place We exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you for what you did and what you continue to do in our lives. Thank you that you laid down your life. I was just so undone as we sung about His grace this morning. Two songs about His incredible, amazing, manifold grace that gave then but actually continues to give now. We thank You for Your grace, Jesus. I once was lost but now I'm found. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, um, many years ago in ministry, God said to me, you're called to preach, but you're going to spend far more time on your knees than you will before be behind any pulpit. I didn't know that that meant that I would do that simultaneously sometimes. But I just think on Him And I just can't help but be overwhelmed by His goodness and His grace. And I felt like the Lord wanted to. This isn't even part of my message, but the Lord wanted me to minister out of Psalm twenty-seven this morning. I love this psalm. Do I? You guys are good to go if you like. Was I supposed to say something? Sorry, (laughs) it was so beautiful, but don't go too far. Psalm 27. Should we turn there? Hey, yeah, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Are we okay with shoes off? Yeah, awesome. Because you know, a couple of weeks ago, I pretty much I'm um, never preach in shoes. I buy these nice shoes to preach in and then take them off all the time. And we were at church, uh, sorry, a family came visiting a couple weeks ago and we were speaking to them and they were like, oh yeah, we couldn't wait to come back to Barefoot Church. I was like, oh, what's Barefoot Church? That sounds awesome. Where is it? And they were like, no, that's your church, silly. And I was like, what? (laughs) They're like, yeah, because you're barefoot all the time. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll take that Barefoot Church. Awesome. So Psalm 27, we're going to go from verse 4. And this is what it says. This is David. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek. This one thing. Everyone say one thing. I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord, And to meditate in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will conceal me in His tabernacle. In the secret place of His tent, He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies. And I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. We saw that this morning. We saw a sacrifice of praise being offered up to our Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. You know, we seek his face. We don't seek His hands for what they can give. We don't seek His feet because we're below. But we seek the face of Jesus. And this is one thing that David knew. This is the one thing that David pursued. That he would seek the Lord. That he would behold the beauty of the Lord. That his heart would say, yes, I will seek you. And today I want to speak to you about something. And the the title of my message, if you will, is Rend Your Heart. Rend Your Heart. And I thought that Pastor Alex was going to preach it because he started speaking about exactly this today. About giving him your whole heart about removing the obstacles, about clearing out the closet, about clearing out the clutter of our lives to rend your heart to the Lord. And this beautiful line, rend your heart, it comes from Joel 2. Joel 2 says this, it says, And rend your heart and not your garments. Return to me with your whole heart. And with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. What does that mean to rend your heart to the Lord? Well, that word rend it actually means to tear open. Literally means to pour it out, to give it wholly and solely. And Joel, what Joel says is very interesting or what he prophesies is very interesting. He says, rend your heart and not your garments. Because it's not about the outward appearance. It's not about what we can sacrifice or give to the Lord that is on the outside. But it's a heart that seeks after Him. Rend your heart. Return to me with all of your heart. And I believe what God is doing in this time and in this generation is He's raising up a a generation of people who will rend their whole heart, who will seek His face. A Davidic generation, if you will, a generation that carries that same heart of David. You know it says that in Acts 13:22 it says that David was a man after God's own heart. Do you know why? It says it in the next line because he will do all my will. He will do all my will. And that's because when the Lord looked upon David He didn't see his outward appearance, he looked at the contents of his heart and he looked at a man who said, I will lay down everything to do your will and that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a generation who will lay it all down at the feet of Jesus to do all of his will. And so when Samuel comes in and he's going from one brother to the next, to the next, to the next, and he's looking upon them all, he's like, Surely it must be the eldest or the strongest or the tallest. And then they said, Well, he said, There must be one more because it's none of you guys. And they called David out, the shepherd in the field, and he comes in and he's like, God, are you sure? Are you sure this is who you've chosen as king? Are you sure that this is the man who's going to restore the ark of the covenant, restore the presence of God back into the tabernacle? Are you sure? And he says, Yes, because I do not look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And David is anointed as king. God is looking for those hearts. And I believe that um, there are seven hearts that God is looking upon favorably in this time and I want to share them with you. But first I want to read 2 Corinthians. Sorry 2 Chronicles 16:9. It says for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. The the New American Standard, I love the way it puts it. It says, whose heart is completely His. Oh, that's what I want them to say about me. Oh, her heart was completely His in every way. But imagine this picture, right? That God's eyes to and froing, to and froing, to and froing across the earth. And He stops at a heart, I'm going to show myself strong upon that person. I'm gonna prove who I am to that person and through that person and for that person. That His eyes look upon the loyal hearts, the hearts who are completely His. And He says, I'm gonna show myself strong on their behalf. And we're entering a time where that's gonna be made known and made manifest on the earth. That the hearts that are loyal, will be shown to Him and will manifest Him and will demonstrate His love. Pastor Alex called it forward this morning that we would um, experience and encounter the love of God like we never have before. So the seven hearts. First, the Lord said, I'm looking at a clay heart. A clay heart. And a clay heart is a heart that's soft in the hands of the Lord, a heart that's malleable in the hands of the Lord, a heart that bends and yields in the hands of the Lord. He's looking for clay hearts. I was in worship at um, the Australian Prophetic Council event, which was a couple weekends ago and We were just in worship and I saw this picture and the Lord said to me very clearly, He said, it's not just reformation I'm bringing, Bianca. It's a reformation. I am reforming. And I said, okay, Lord. And then instantly He showed me a lump of clay and He showed me that He was about to reform the way things have looked before he was about to reform our lives he was about to reform his house reform the church bring reformation and a reformation and that only happens when we are like clay in his hands Not when we go into the kiln before our time and get too hard so that when storms come, we fall over and become hard and brittle and cracked, but constantly remaining on the potter's wheel. Constantly, Lord, keep my heart soft. Keep my heart malleable. Keep the water of your Holy Spirit pouring out over me. Keep us has a clay heart, Jesus. The second heart that he told me he's looking at is an obedient heart. An obedient heart. So in um, 2020, it was September 2020, um, God spoke to my husband and I, Anthony, and said um, basically that we were to go to Queensland, to a place we didn't know, the Gold Coast, I mean, what a blessing. (laughs) It's a pretty cool place to be called. But he told us that he was um, moving us away um, to, to move us and our family to the Gold Coast to plan a church. And we had been seeking him for many months because we were in this season of real transition. We knew that there was something coming, you know. For some of you, you may be in that season of transition. You know when you just know something's coming But you're teetering in that middle phase, that middle ground. You're not sure how or when it's going to happen or even what it is, but you kind of feel the tension of transition. Does anybody know that feeling? Yeah, the tension of transition. So we're sitting there in in the tension of transition. This is in 2020. The Lord has called me out of my job. I was working um, as the marketing manager for Voice of the Martyrs, which is an organisation that aids the persecuted church. Incredible organisation, does incredible work. Was my dream job. Loved it. So good. So obviously God told me to quit. (laughs) So I'm sitting there. I'm standing outside. Sorry, I'm hanging out my washing one day. I'm watching my kids play. Um, lockdown was kind of starting to be a thing and I looked over at my kids and God said quit your job and I was like oh okay so I delayed for about two weeks delayed obedience is disobedience just gonna say that (laughs) but eventually the call was just so strong so I actually went and I resigned from my job And I thought, okay. And then I sat in that tension of transition. I'd come out of the old season and I'm in this limbo period, having no idea what was coming next. And so my husband and I began to fast and pray because we were like, something's coming. We need to seek the Lord and what what He needs for us, what He wants us to do. And I'm laughing because it just was so out of left field what He asked us to do. So quit my job a couple months later. My husband has this incredible dream. He wakes up and he says, I've had a dream I'm like wow what was it and he, basically God told him um, in a roundabout way in the dream that he would to move one hour south that we were to move one hour south of Brisbane and we woke up and he woke up and googled it because we had no idea we had no idea of the geography of Queensland where Sydney Siders had lived in Sydney our whole life so he we google it and it says the Gold Coast and we're like wow okay, going to the Gold Coast, a few more dreams, a few more puzzle pieces, then the final dream I have, and in the dream, a a good like a great mentor of mine, interprets all the dreams that we've had for me in the dream, and he hands to me a bag of spoons, so funny the way God speaks, I love it, he's so creative. And on the spoons, written on each spoon was plant a church. I've called you to plant a church. I've asked you to plant a church. It's time to plant a church. On spoons. And I woke up and the Lord was like, I'm spoon feeding you at this point. (laughs) I was like, okay, I hear you. But you've got to understand this is lockdown. (laughs) This is Sydney lockdown. Not as bad as you guys, I'll admit But we're in Sydney lockdown at the time and we're like, okay, God. So we start making the plans. We tell my incredible family. I'd been a part of my family's church, Living Grace, beautiful church, shout out, for 13 years. And God was calling us away and not just, you know, a little bit away, but away from everything we knew to a place we didn't know, to people we didn't know, to start again. And we also had to believe that we could get there because for the next 2 years as you guys know it was lockdown after lockdown after lockdown and border closures and border closures and border closures and we had to just stay on stay faithful and stay secure in the promise that God said that he would get us over the border to the other side so we believed for the next 2 years at the end of 2021 we crossed the border thank you Jesus it was a special mission from the Lord, but we finally got there. We got to Queensland. But you know what that took? It took remaining obedient every single step of the way. That when there was disappointment, okay, God, Your Word is true. I believe You. I will do what You say. When every lockdown happened, when every border closure happened, it's okay, God. Whatever You say is true. I believe You and I will do what You say. See, God loves obedience. He loves obedience more than sacrifices. All He wants is your yes. That's it. You don't actually have to do anything. You just have to say, yes, Lord. I want my heart to sing yes before the Lord all the days of my life. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I say yes, Lord. And He's looking at obedient hearts and He's rewarding them right now. Because when you are faithful, He is always faithful. You actually can't out faithful God. (laughs) he is way more faithful it's a heart that says not my will not my will but yours be done none of that was on the plans for my life for my family's life we were cruising cruising, dream job great church, beautiful community beautiful new home, cruising (laughs) but not my will but yours be done. And he rewards the faithful. The third one is a humble heart. A humble heart. And a humble heart, I, I love what C.S. Lewis says about humility. He says this. He says, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. <laughs> It's not thinking less of yourself, but just thinking of yourself less. And you do that by thinking on Him, by keeping your eyes fixed, by not getting puffed up in your own accomplishments or knowledge or what you can do or what you can give, but in a heart that is laid out at His feet. Humility is looking at Him. And saying you are so much greater, you are so much bigger, you are so much more powerful, you are so much more faithful. I lay it all down for you. Humility is great currency in the kingdom. It's just fixing your eyes on Him. Fixing your eyes. The fourth one. And that is a heart of reckless faith. A heart of reckless faith. Another great currency in the kingdom is faith. Faith. A heart that believes the impossible because God said that we could do that. All things are possible to him who believes. That we would trust the Lord's report above all else. There is a lot of bad report happening. You just have to turn on the news. I don't recommend that you do. I don't recommend that you open your newspaper. Am I going to get in trouble for saying that? There are a lot of bad reports. But you know what it says in the Bible? To meditate on the good reports. Meditate on the pure. Meditate on the lovely. Fix our eyes on the good reports. That is a heart of reckless faith. It doesn't matter what the world is saying. I believe you anyway. I heard a powerful word um, over Victoria just this morning. And it was that Victoria was about to see a great move of God. And it said that those who remained faithful, that those who stayed put, that those who believed the good reports anyway, that those who didn't stand on what the media was saying, but on what the Lord said, were about to reap a mighty harvest. Yes, Lord. Have your way over Victoria, God. Have your way over Melbourne. Have your way over this church. Have your way, God. Have your way over Gippsland this week. Thank you, God. We thank you for a mighty harvest, for signs, wonders, healings, and miracles. We believe you. We believe, we believe, we believe, we believe. We believe you, God. You know, when you um, look at all the generals of faith over time, I look at like Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and Amy Semple McPherson and Catherine Coleman, you know, the generals. Has anybody studied them? Yeah. Awesome. People of God, there is a concurrent theme. They just believed. <laughs> they took God for His Word. They believed that He would do what He said He would do. But I believe that the coming revival isn't going to be a one-man show, but an army of believers who just say, I believe. It's going to be many, and it's going to be fueled on reckless faith that to the world looks a little bit crazy, but to the kingdom, it's what the world has been waiting for. A heart of reckless faith few more points. Number five, a courageous heart. A heart of boldness and bravery that dares to walk out God's promise. I want to tell you, I was 12 years old when I encountered the Lord for the first time. Very shy, very timid. Very quiet, introverted 12 year old. Still am a little bit shy and introverted. But it's so funny that God uses the foolish things to confound the wise, doesn't He? And so I was 12 years old and I was um, at a youth camp that my youth leader basically had to force me to go to. Praise God for youth leaders and youth pastors, they're so awesome so 12 years old I am being dragged along to this youth camp do not want to go but I go I'm at the back back row bandit now I am a front row like champion I do I love that front row it's like got leg room you can dance you can kneel you can do all the things but I was a back row bandit back then really didn't have any understanding of who God was in my own heart grew up in a Christian home but Um, the preacher pointed to me, this tiny little scrawny, shy 12-year-old calls me out to the front and he begins to prophesy over me and I fell on my face and I'll tell you, I don't even remember, I didn't remember until later what he said or what words he was speaking, but I knew that God knew my name. He called me out. And He loved me and I encountered His love for the very first time. And it changed my life. And I went from this shy, introverted, quiet 12-year-old to the one who would go to the front of church and grab the microphone and prophesy in an instant. But that's what the love of God does. It makes you bold and courageous. It shifts what you think about yourself and it puts everything on who God says you are. He's looking for courage. He's looking for boldness. He's looking for us to break out of who we think we are to step into who He's called us to be. Who does God say that you are? I was just reading Ephesians 1 and I was underlining all the places in Ephesians 1 that say who I am. And I was blown away. I've read that passage of Scripture a hundred times. But man, when you realize who you are, who Christ has called you to be, it shifts everything. It's time that we rise up in a bit of boldness and courage. I was 16 then, four years later, after this prophetic word. And I went on a missions trip with my dad. He's a pastor, amazing man of God. And we went on this missions trip. We're in Vanuatu um, on one of the remote islands, Tanna Island. And uh, we're in a church with no roof and no floor, dirt floor. And we're sitting there and uh, out of nowhere, I feel this tugging at my heart that literally pulls me out of my seat. We had just finished a meeting, worship, preaching, all the whole thing. We had just finished the meeting <laughs> And I get pulled out of my chair and I said, I just have something to say. And I began to preach for about half an hour. And then I sat down and I was like, what just happened? (laughs) And people were falling over and the Holy Spirit filled that place. I hadn't even been praying in tongues. I hadn't even been filled with the Holy Spirit, but something broke out in that room. See, boldness is what the Lord is looking for. Courageous, courage. Boldness, to walk out, to dare to walk out the promise of God. Two more. A soft heart. A soft heart. You know, there is an unfortunate critical spirit that we often see in the church I don't like to focus too much on the bad stuff but it's true especially in Australia Bit we can be a little bit critical there is a bit of a tall poppy let's knock people down when they get too high and mighty oh I don't like that so let's criticize but God wants to flip that in this nation. He wants to break the critical spirit over the church. He wants to break that spirit of judgment that comes to tear down and he wants the body to come together and edify and build and bring com- comfort and exhortation again. And he wants us to keep our hearts soft. Not a heart that's hardened by judgment or criticism but that we would keep the soil of our heart soft and you know sometimes that requires a little bit of like turning the soil that the Lord would come in and he'd break up the fallow ground in our heart and he he'd pour out his water he'd pour out that living water on our heart to break it up and make the soil soft again wants to keep the soil of our heart soft and lastly one more that's it a flaming heart, a heart that's engulfed in first love flames, a flaming heart, a couple years ago God said to me the next revival we will see will be a flaming hearts revival, I was like yeah claiming that one. A flaming hearts revival. What does that look like? That looks like a generation who keep the flames um, flames of first love stoked all the time. The fans, fan the flames, fan the flames. It's a tongue twister. But that we would stoke the flames of first love. That we would keep the fire on the altar burning. See, it's the Lord who sends the fire, but it's the priests who keep it burning that we would keep our lives laid down as an offering. Why don't we stand? Why don't we bring the worship team up? I'm going to finish with this scripture. So we read Joel 2, where it says, And rend your heart and not your garments and it says this it continues on and it says blow a trumpet in Zion consecrate a fast proclaim a solemn assembly gather the people sanctify the congregation assemble the elders gather the children and the nursing infants let the bridegroom come out of his room and the bride out of her bridal chamber let the priests the Lord's ministers weep between the porch and the altar Sometimes that's what it looks like to rend your heart, to pour your heart out, to say, God, I want You to keep it soft. I want You to keep it clay-like. I want You to make it bold. I want You to give me courage. I want You to give me faith. Do what You need to do in my heart for that to happen. So He calls for the priest to come and minister between the porch and the altar. And he says to call and gather a solemn assembly so they can pour out their heart, so they can repent before him where they've lacked. But let me show you the promise. Are you ready? Verse 18: Then the Lord will be zealous for his land. Victoria, the Lord will be zealous for you. The Lord will be zealous for his land and will have pity on His people. He will answer to His people and He will say, behold, I am gonna send you grain, new wine and oil and you will be satisfied in full with them. You will be satisfied in full again and I will never make you a reproach among the nations. This is what happens when we lay our hearts before Him. This is what happens when we turn to Him with our whole heart, when we lay before Him what is His rightfully. God, I want you to take this heart and I want you to do what only you can do. You know, repentance isn't a dirty word. It's a beautiful word. It means to completely change your mind, your mindset, your way of thinking. And that's what God is looking for, that we would turn, go the opposite direction from where we were going and go hard after Him, set our face like flint. And then He says that I promise I will be zealous for you. I will pour out the new wine. Who wants that new wine? I will pour out the new oil, the grain. You will receive them in full and you will no longer be a reproach. Watch the Lord be zealous for you, church. Watch the Lord and what He can do in your life. And so, right now, I'm just going to pray. And if you want to just lay things out again, as Pastor Alex said, maybe there's things that you, sins or addictions or, or, even wrong ways of thinking or patterns of unbelief in your life or maybe your the soil of your heart has gotten hard and you need God to break up the fallow ground whatever it may be we're going to lay our hearts afresh before the Lord today Hebrews 12 says this it says let us throw off anything especially the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross. So we throw it off. Today we throw it off. We throw off those old patterns, that old nature, that old way of thinking. We throw off the criticism, we throw off the sin. And we lay our heart bare before the Lord and said, take it, it's yours. So why don't we come? If you wanna come today and lay your heart fresh at the altar, please come forward. And I would love the opportunity to pray for you and minister to you and watch what the Lord does. We are believing for new wine. We are believing for new oil. We are believing for new grain in this place, amen? Thank you, Lord, that this will be a flaming Heart, revival. Fan the flame in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
0: Church, can we give it up for Pastor Bianca? But it says we're not done. And as Pastor Bianca mentioned, there is a fresh level of surrender that's available in the room to lay down our hearts our lives this coming revival of flaming hearts it's not a revival of works and man-made attempts to bring God's presence in he responds to those whose hearts are fully set on him so for a variety of different reasons why you know you need to be here at this altar to lay down your life once again for me is to remove any doubt of what God wants to do to be obedient to the smallest and to the largest instructions and it takes a heart of courage boldness faith to believe for the impossible so as we worship just one last time this morning let's fill this front let's offer up our lives and before we do that We never want to close the meeting without giving anyone an invitation and the opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. The Bible says to repent. That means to simply turn away from your sin. For the kingdom of heaven is near, Jesus said. It is as near as when you die and stand before God and everyone's life is appointed a time and space when you will pass into eternity. For all have sinned, the Bible says, and fallen short of the glory of God if we don't get our lives right with God and receive the forgiveness for our sins. Friends, there is a place and it, it is real. It is called hell. And Jesus warned us of the fiery lakes of hell to avoid that place. God will honor your choice to live this life without Him. But it is not His will that any of you should perish. So He offers up His Son as a willing sacrifice. This Son, Jesus, who lived a sinless and perfect life, who knew no sin became sin on your, on your behalf, so that you may be right with God. So without anyone looking right now, every eye closed and head bowed. If this is you, if you know you need to get right with God, and ask for his forgiveness for your sins, for your mistakes to be made right with him, so that you will enter heaven. But more than that, to make him your Lord, to live for him in this life. Perhaps you've walked away, you know you need to come back to him. Is there anyone in the room without anyone looking right now? Can I get you to just boldly raise your hand? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? This is your chance. Let today be the day of salvation. I promise you your life will change from here on out. Well friends, can we all pray this? So Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to die on a cross, a brutal cross for my sins, for your body that was offered and your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of my sins. I say sorry God, Jesus, enter my heart, be my Lord and Saviour, make me brand new, wash me clean. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my heart, dwell within me, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website firechurch.com.au and don't forget to connect with us on social media on Instagram fire.church, Facebook firechurch and YouTube firechurch tv. Have a blessed week.